and gentlemen, welcome back to the East Go to 11. Once again, Raven Bell. Joining me, as always, Zach Bartles. Zach, what's going on, man? Dude, we are taking pictures here. I'm at the church, and everybody is parading in in their uh, like picture clothes, like their Sunday best, which often they don't even wear on Sunday. So it's kind of <laughs> surreal. <laughs> They're all going in and uh, get, you know putting like their hand on the shoulder of the the old dad and like smiling awkwardly and getting photos taken. Nice, nice. So is 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 that still a thing that churches do? Is like you know families come in and get pictures and stuff done? Well, we hadn't done one in a while, and now that we have a um, another, we have two other. Uh, worship services in different languages uh, <laughs> with the idea that we're one body here and we like kind of all know key people in the other uh, the other bodies, the other, the other services, but we'd really like to be able to go, I see this person every day. What's their name? How do you say right. that? How do you spell that? Uh, so that was kind of what pushed us to it. I, we, we, we've been getting fewer and fewer calls from like Olin Mills and all those people uh, offering to come do it. <laughs> You know, they'll come and do it for free yeah. with the understanding that people will order their packages right. through them. I don't think that happens much anymore because everybody's got, you know, access to a really high-end camera. So yeah. I, I don't know. We're, I, but we're, we're pretty excited about it. It's going to be nice. our first one in seven years. Okay. Very cool. So like Very all these nice. people who are like, uh, you know, in, in college or newly married, they're, they're like really awkward, like <laughs> sausagey, like adolescent zit face kids and they're like can we get a new picture already please <laughs> please please uh nice nice well you know zach we uh we have a, a sponsor on this podcast who doesn't deal with pictures but they deal with other fabulous merchandise and uh you are still enjoying the bounty that mission aware sent you and so zach what is it that you would like to highlight for us today good let's talk coasters Ooh. Uh, and I want to talk coasters because I am a, I'm a connoisseur, um, of coasters in, in the Nakatomi smoke room, which if you're not keeping score, that is the, uh, room that used to be a super, super feminine s- sunroom in the back of my house with like white wicker furniture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it wasn't used for about three years because my cat got locked in there and peed in there. <laughs> and then here's a fun fact about cats. Once they do that once, they will try to replicate it as many times as possible. So <laughs> finally, <laughs> cat's cat's gone, dead and gone. And uh, so you know, it's soul gone back to the world of darkness or forms or whatever happens with cats. I don't know. And we we tore up all the carpet, uh, you know, pulled out subfloor, you know, got rid of all that, turned it into the most kind of money black leather chairs, you know, really cool mid century. Uh, antique lights and all this stuff. And, and so in that uh, room, we, we started by getting a few uh, vintage De- Detroit um, kind of stone, uh, the, the, the kind that kind of soak up the sweat of your drink coasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then someone else got us some that were like cigar brands. So we had those. Oh, nice. And then we got another set that was something else that I think it was a, a more more Detroit ones, but different. Like, uh, and so we had like twelve. You could seat four people in there comfortably on like twelve coasters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then in the box uh, from Missionalware was another set of coasters. Nice. Uh, so I thought, you know what, let's, I, I showed them to my wife and said, what do you think? I'd like to use these. And she said, these are cooler than any of them we've got now. They're the five solas. <laughs> yep. Uh, again, Peter Voss are the guy, he's just won a huge award for the Redem- story of redemption Bible. He's, he's a superstar, uh, did our logo for these go to 11 and the logo of gut check podcast. I can't believe we lucked into connecting with that guy through missional wear when we did, cause yeah. I don't think we now he's so oh, yeah big. no he's yeah he's he's too big for us now <laughs> he's a really nice down-to-earth guy I, I interact with him on twitter but i mean just like i'm sure he's overwhelmed with work uh and uh it doesn't pay real great to do these collabs with these lesser <laughs> in fact when he did the the uh, gut check one he, he posted all of the art that he did for it as like one big thing on his instagram and said keeping what like keeping my chops up or keeping in yeah, practice yeah, yeah. I do it. Yeah, he was like, like I'm, I'm doing this uh, out of, as a labor of love. Yeah, he's, he's such a cool guy, though. And uh, and so some of this stuff is just incredible. So one of them says like the five solas, the Reformation. It looks like a T-shirt that I that I got 
Uh, remember that video where I confronted uh, Jeff? Yes, the, yes. At the Takatiba <laughs> conference, and he gave me a couple of t-shirts. Uh, and then uh, there's also uh, so one one for each of the five solos. Yep. And they they're black leather, and they're in they're round. They're and they're in a kind of open case that's kind of a, a semicircle there to to keep them in place. And then you know the front of it's open, so you can grab them easily. They are such lovely, but also not lovely because they're very, very, very masculine and theological. And, you know, they're perfect for putting your these go to 11 pint glass down upon. Um, if I saw these things and I hadn't gotten them for free, I would have been like, ooh, I wouldn't probably have bought them right away. What I would have done is put them in my little um, uh, Evernote thing yep. for gift ideas to, yes. to send to family members. And they're like, Hey, what can I get you for Christmas? I'd be like, dude, I need these. They're, they're great. You got to get a hold of them. Uh, and if you're looking to really class up somewhere where you've got like, Oh, I don't know, some crappy, uh, you know, coaster macrame coasters someone made 40 years ago, or, you know, some, some old reused paper, beer label post coasters <laughs> or something. It's time to, it's time to move on. It's time, it's time to upgrade. To, yeah, and it's time to become a little bit, just a little bit more serious and a little more classy uh, with the. I, I feel like having Peter Voth stuff in your house now is kind of like if you were an early adopter with Andy Warhol's stuff, but at the same time, you're like uh, upper crust, uh, like Downton Abbey people. That's right. Um, <laughs> rolled into one. It's the total and package. And you've got a purple belt to boot. <laughs> Oh man! Well, in as, you, what's that? Do you have any of those, man? Did you did you ever get a hold of some of those uh, any kind of uh, coasters from Missionware? Um, no, I did not. Uh, not not yet. So what I am uh, in the process of doing. Uh, so Joy and I are getting ready. You know, Thanksgiving is coming up in uh, two weeks. Two weeks from today, actually. And so what I typically will do around this time is I will kind of clean up my Amazon wish list for uh, my family. Uh, I have a whole bunch of stuff on there and they're looking at it like it looks like a 12-year-old's page. I've got like He-Man Masters of the Universe on there. I've got like Legos uh, and they're just like, oh my gosh. So what I think I'm going to be doing uh, within the next couple of days here is actually linking some stuff from Mission Aware onto my Amazon wish list page because you can uh-huh. do that. So, um, and that was actually something. Uh, if you go in there uh, to Amazon wish list or to, yeah, to Amazon wish list, there's some kind of a button or a feature or something. I have to refine it. I did it a couple years ago. Um, but basically it's like link another page on here and then you can just go in and, you know, drop in the page that you want to, you want people to see. So interesting. That's cool. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, you know, Slowly Amazon, that, over everything. that's right. It, you know, that small fledgling company is, uh, is working <laughs> its way, working its way down the line. Try hard company. God bless them. You know, <laughs> support local. <laughs> Someday they will be everywhere and we will have to, you know, you get up in the morning, you look at the Amazon echo dot screen, you have your 60 second hate, swear allegiance to, Bezos and <laughs> off you go on your day you making cogs for day. the machine. <laughs> oh man. Dude, so uh you know, up and coming things, uh there's a little bit of uh something that we actually didn't discuss that I want to kind of throw your way, find out uh if you've managed to get in on this uh groundbreaking technology or if you're kind of holding out. Uh Disney Plus. Have you jumped on that bandwagon yet? Absolutely not. I am maxed out at two subscriptions. Mm-hmm. Fair uh, enough. And I saw I saw a thing the other day. It was like how people screenshot their tweets and then post them on Facebook. Yeah, I yeah. do it sometimes too. I'm not judging. Uh, and it said like, uh, dear streaming companies, we're not all going to pay for nine of these things. <laughs> Figure it out yourselves. <laughs> That's kind of my philosophy. <laughs> Everything I, I I already have too many options. Um, I've got Netflix, which is just full of stuff uh, that I've still got on my list and, and new stuff all the time and stuff's falling off. And then I've got Amazon Prime, which we're going to talk a little bit about uh, later. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I feel like my issue isn't that I have too few options. It's that I have too many ways to waste time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and Disney Plus, I mean, 
most of that stuff, I I already have so many old Disney things, man, like, like the classics that have yep. the warnings on them on the Disney Plus service uh, because they're culturally outdated or whatever. Right. Um, I've got VHSs of them all, and I've got a VCR hooked up to my television all the time, and I find the the act of taking that big chunky tape and pushing it partway in and then having the VCR like grab it and pull it in like a hug. That whole thing is far more enjoyable than watching something on streaming. So, yeah. Nice. Nice. Do you have it? Uh, no, not yet. Uh, and I, and I emphasize the yet, uh, like you, I have uh, Netflix and Amazon prime. Uh, and my wife and I are in negotiations for Disney <laughs> plus. So, <laughs> Now, do you have uh, cable? Uh, we do, but we are trying to get rid of it. Yeah, give up the cable and get the. You'll probably save money at the end of the day and have better content. I mean, cables. You're got. You're talking about things tied to particular times, right? What is this? 1987. Yeah, I, I, I love the 80s, but that's that's a little <laughs> that, that's a little far fetched. Commercials. Come on, man. Who's watching commercials in 2009? I haven't seen a commercial. Uh, apart from like three seconds of the, the things on YouTube before I can click skip ad yeah. in years. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So we are, um, we are looking to give up cable. We've actually been trying to do that for about six months now. Um, our problem is we have this bundle package and so we're trying to get our phone line ported over to a cell phone. Once we do that, because that's kind of our catch all. Uh, phone number that we give out to everyone now, and we've had it for years and years and years. Um, so as soon as we get that ported over, we'll be giving up uh, cable and phone line and just have the internet. So um, I think that's going to be the uh, the breaking point. Is once we do that, we'll go ahead and pull the trigger on uh, on Disney Plus. Until then, Nathan Bartleball has it, and I intend on hacking his account every once in a while. Mm-hmm. You heard it here first. Amazon, you heard it. Alexa heard it. <laughs> Siri heard it. And uh, and later on tonight, the rest of the world will hear it. <laughs> oh man, dude. So uh, talk to me about uh, about this topic tonight because I find it intriguing. We we kind of danced around something similar, but not quite. And so I, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Um, you uh, were recently listening to uh, an episode of Doug Wilson's show, his first episode, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah, I was watching it. I mean, it's, a, it's an Amazon Prime show, which I blew my mind that they were doing such a thing. Like, I don't know, it's by Canon Press, mm-hmm. and it's I think it's their first like TV thing, and it's on Amazon Prime, only it's not on IMDb. So I don't know if it's like a halfway a show or what, what the world it is. But yeah, it's okay. called Man Rampant. Uh, and I, I, everybody was talking about it on like Dunder Mifflin Theological Seminary and, and a few other groups I'm part of, you know, people were either saying they wanted to watch it or they wanted to mock it or whatever. And, and, uh, it was one of those things where I was like, I got to know what the fuss is about. And so I, I was work, I was, I I file all my stuff every month or so. I, I have an inbox that gets very, very full of paper products and mail. And so I always put on something I can kind of mindlessly half watch. Yep. And so I did that with the, the first app today. I watched about three quarters of it. Okay. And tell me thoughts, thoughts on it. Well, here's the thing. So, I mean, like the, the thing I want to really dig into is, is about, you know, whether or not someone like Doug Wilson is someone that we could just keep on listening and reading, watching and, and expect, you know, to, to profit from mm-hmm. considering a few things that we will probably talk about. But like, I didn't think – I thought it would be like, um, you know, all over the top, wacko stuff and I would be kind of either yelling at my computer or just scoffing and feeling superior or whatever. I mean all that sounds kind of fun, you know, on a low-grade level <laughs> uh, in the flesh I guess. But instead he had uh, he had a great uh, host – a co-host or I guess it's a guest. He, he interviews people yep. uh, each time. And the guy that he had on uh, was Joe Rigney, who, who wrote uh, Things of the of Earth. Um, I, I read that when Barnabas Piper was promoting it. Mm. Uh, Crossway put it out. Great book. The guy's legitimately very insightful. And, and also he's kind of a C.S. Lewis scholar, I think. Uh, yeah. He teaches theology and literature both. And uh, they, they had this whole really nuanced conversation about – it was against empathy. 
So mm-hmm. it's kind of basic Doug Wilson, like we're going to say something shocking and then back it up. Um, and by the way, I just have to say there's nothing more clever than his blog being called Blog and May Blog. I've thought for years <laughs> that that's the most clever thing ever. Um, but the notion was that they were anti-empathy. Uh, and when they sussed it out, it was that uh, they were pro-sympathy, which mm-hmm. means just like compassion, which is uh, Latin sympathy being built in the Greek, uh, that, that you're uh, suffering with. Yep. Empathy meaning that you're suffering in. Uh, and he said, today, culture insists that you suffer in, meaning that you just completely throw yourself in with someone and you don't uh, kind of assess what they're saying or have you know this you, you don't keep one foot out and and make a judgment about what they're claiming or anything you just throw yourself into everybody's story and believe everyone all the way through i mean obviously not christians but you know and and and, and he said no we're, we're called as christians instead to have sympathy even though the world thinks that's you know like pity and they don't like it and you're and you're elitist if you do it and you're saying you have the right answer if you have one foot out and you're going to help me get out of my my trouble just jump in the mud with me and suffer with me and i mean I, i'm not doing it justice it was it was a really mm-hmm. great conversation and i barely got i'm looking at my inbox and it's still pretty full of paper i was just <laughs> like huh huh again and and i mean i've thought through a lot of just really uh pedantic things but th- this was something i'd never really given my my attention and 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 wrestled with and I thought man this is so good yeah uh, Doug Wilson is I mean like in the preview it's obvious he's trying to take this image of being you know the bad boy and he's trying to smoke a cigar and he no idea how to do it it's obvious from the way he's <laughs> doing it on the preview and stuff um, but in the in the the actual episode one he didn't say anything at least the part that I that I actually got at one point I was like I gotta stop I'm just wasting time <laughs> here at the church. Um, but but he didn't say anything that that like made me go eee, yikes you know he didn't say anything that was overly controversial and I mean knowing what we know about the guy um, and may- maybe we ought to just kind of go through some stuff that we do know about him and what you know about him what I know about him or I don't know everything about him but like kind of what we know of the guy as a case study for someone who is in some ways problematic. How how much do you kind of let yourself sit under their teaching, assuming obviously that you're not just digesting it all and taking it all, but chewing the meat and expelling the the fat or the poison or whatever it is, and you know, what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. or is it all poisoned? So that that was kind of the the thing in a nutshell. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm going to let you uh, do a little bit more talking on uh, Doug Wilson because um, it's. Uh, I don't have a whole lot to go on with him, um, you know. So I'm going to let you kind of speak on the things that you know about him. Um, but before that, you know, to to just briefly touch on um, what you were talking about, I this kind of came out in light of what we had discussed before. You know, uh, fallen teachers. You know, do we can we continue to um, listen to the things that they said before they fell, you know, and you and I mm-hmm. were basically right. like, well, yeah, I mean, truth is still truth, you know, and, and you had, you had admitted personally, you don't know if you could do that. Um, just, just from a personal standpoint, but you had said, you know, there, there isn't anything wrong necessarily with doing that. Um, and so the question is now, you know, can we listen to people that we, um, you know, borderline heretics or even heretics altogether and, and still pick out the truth from, from what they're saying, you know? So we're not talking about someone who was Orthodox and then, uh, went wonky, uh, like for example, Tertullian, uh, or someone who, um, was, uh, Orthodox and even maybe remained Orthodox, but you find out the whole time they'd had this gross besetting sin, right? as if we don't all have, you know, our own sins anyway, but like, the, that was – I think that was a, a – we, we were able to kind of protect ourselves in that discussion with, right. well, this is before. Right. And it's, <laughs> you know, even if they harbored these views or were doing these things, uh, somehow it was, it was cordoned off from that. It was insulated from, from that. Yeah. Uh, but, but if it's someone who – and I have other examples. Um, oh, but I think sure. it's, it's more interesting to, to take this guy's kind of a case study and then – after making a, a working 
kind of theory or or methodology on it, apply it to some other yeah. <laughs> difficulties. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I was hoping that you knew a ton about uh, Wilson because I, I don't. <laughs> I think if we had uh, Turkish on here, he'd probably be able to tell us everything in the world about the guy. I just feel like he not, – not, not him in particular, but he just seems to kind of know all these people in all these circles. But uh, yeah. he, I know that you've bumped into Doug Wilson's name on Desiring God, as mm-hmm. have I. Uh, if you go on there even today, you'll find him, I'm sure, as the author of a bunch of articles, as a guy who's in roundtables and discussions and panels and things. Yeah. Um, he also I, – I have old copies of T- Table Talk, which is uh, R.C. Sproul's yep. – uh, or at least Veneer Ministries, R.C. Sproul's uh, umbrella ministry thing. It was their their magazine, yes. and he was a contributor uh, for some time. Uh, and in many ways, I, I always thought of him – in the early days of younger rest, young young restless reform, I always do that with my own thing. Uh, young restless <laughs> reforms. Um, I always thought of him as kind of one of the like kind of Phil Johnson, tongue in cheek, bad boy, like you know, kind of how he views himself. I think. Right. And I never knew, you know, there was anything more to it. Um, what What is problematic? The reason we're bringing this all up is he's. It, it's been discovered his views. And he was no, he wasn't keeping it a secret. I don't think. Right, uh, right. People just took a while to come up with it and put it together. But um, his views, he has views on American slavery that are problematic at best. I, mm-hmm. I and from my point of view, like sure. really problematic. Sure. Uh, kind of a utopian view of the South. Uh, he's called himself a paleo confederate, mm-hmm. meaning that like the I don't know if he means the Confederacy itself or like the South before the war. I don't know which, but but one of somehow in there is the last great actual Christian nation. Mm-hmm. Um, that to me, that's just it, it's kind of horrifying. But here's the thing: he's always on the fringes of these these things. He's never right, right in the middle of it. Right. Not not quite like second degree of separation. Like, well, you are, are with those people, so you're guilty of their thing. But like, you kind of halfway endorse those people. And right. maybe you write with those people and you're part of groups that, and, and, and enough of them where it seems like you're – you really are in – not just on the fringes but in the outer circles of, of this sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, he's been kind of a, an advocate of um, – I think he would frame it as forgiveness but it seems like leniency toward supposedly repentant sexual predators and, and people who have – uh, done some pretty despicable things, uh, which is, I mean, that's very, um, it's a hot button right now. Right. And I don't know that it always was when he was making some of these statements, but a lot of people, I think they've been involved in, he has like a seminary that's not accredited, that kind of stuff. Uh, and then of course, federal vision. I don't know how much I should assume that our listeners know about, you know, intra reformed squabbles and stuff, <laughs> but <laughs> the federal vision thing, he was always, you know, core of that. He was part of the original uh, conference, I believe. I, I, there are a lot of people who know a lot more about this stuff than I do, but I think he was part of the original Federal Vision Conference from whence it gets its name yeah. um, that that kind of spawned this stuff. Uh, and it's, I mean, as a Baptist, the whole thing seems wild and foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and he's kind of sort of by name distanced himself from Federal Vision, but he hasn't changed his views and teachings on things that I can tell. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about like pedo communion, giving communion to, to little babies even. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a notion that there's like a, um, a decreed elect and a covenant elect or co- covenantally elected people. Mm-hmm. So some are like kind of more elect in a special way um, and a sort of – modified baptismal regeneration mm-hmm. uh but like using the term regeneration in kind of in the sense that the magisterial reformers allegedly used it not to mean what we mean but to mean like the the whole process of kind of right. becoming new right uh and just a wonky wonky hermeneutic that that isn't accepted um and a lot of like kind of arm in arm with new perspective on paul type things with nt Wright and other people mm-hmm. uh and so Put all that together and you go, this isn't somebody that's just like, whoa, that guy's – it's not like watching Stephen Anderson's uh, sermons where he wants President Obama to melt like a slug right. and, and go, whoa, that guy's crazy. But let me watch another one and get – you know, right. see if I can get something out of it. <laughs> it's, it's like somebody who 
I wouldn't recommend from the pulpit yeah. that my people read him or yeah. subscribe to his stuff at all because I there's too much of an issue in there. Right. So that being the case, is it hypocritical for me to unless I'm you know critiquing it mm-hmm. for a blog post or an article or something just just to put it on like I did today and go huh good point <laughs> and is that is that showing a lack of discernment or is that showing that I'm great with discernment <laughs> or, or what, what exactly? Um, how, how do you approach this kind of stuff when you're dealing with somebody who's maybe you're not ready to say, you know, anathema, everything that comes out of your mouth is the forked tongue of the devil. Right. Um, but you also wouldn't like tell your students to read their stuff because you're afraid that you'd make a, uh, a kind of a possible sure. – extremist or something. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Actually it's, it's interesting because when I was, um, when I was teaching Bible, uh, years ago, I had my ser- students do sermon notes and, you know, even though I was in a Christian school and I was teaching Bible, uh, not all my families and not all my students went to church. And so there were, um, any student was able to use the church that they attended uh, that they physically went to um, to do sermon notes. I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't going to get into a discussion on, you know, if this is the church that you and your family go to, um, you know, you can't do that. I, it, it was already pre-approved if this is the church you go to, um, and that could have, and it did look widely different from other things uh, from yeah. other churches, you know, but. Um, those who did not go to church and did not regularly attend church, I had uh-huh. what were uh, pre-approved um, internet links that they could go to and okay. listen to sermons. And so either they could listen to their church or they could listen to one of the pre-approved ones. Or if they wanted me to listen to uh, one that they felt was, you know, interesting and, and, you know, could I listen to that? And, and if I approved it, then, you know, they could go ahead. And so, you know, there was, um, there, there were a couple that I knew instantly, uh, that it was like, okay, you know, I don't, I don't have a problem with that. You know, Alistair Begg was one. He wasn't on the list. I think I gave like four or five on a list. He wasn't one of the ones on the list. And I was like, yeah, that, you know, Alistair Begg's fine. I know him. Um, but then this was also the time that, um, y- you know, that uh, special church down in North Carolina was getting uh, elevated. Um, and so I was more familiar with that. And I said, you know, I'm we're just he's not on the pre-approved list. You're being uh, I, too cagey. I have no idea at all what you're talking about, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> be blunt. Be blunt. Um, so, uh, you know, I said, look, you know, I, I, I get it. You know, I, I see where, you know, he's kind of compelling, but he's just he's not on that pre-approved list. Um, you know, you're, you're going to need to find something else. And and I, I, was, I said, if you want to listen to him on the side, I don't recommend it, but go for it. Um, and so – you know, I, I don't think there is a problem in discernment, but I, in terms of um, if if you're careful as you know a, a believer, um, I remember reading years ago an article by Ravi Zacharias, and one of the things that he said was, you know, of course there were many people on his staff who were familiar with the Islamic faith. Um, and he said, you know, anytime somebody comes in and they're looking to study for the sake of apologetics, what I basically tell them is, um, you know, if you're going to be putting, you know, t- uh, 10% of your studies into studying the Islamic faith, I want you putting 30% into studying the Bible and the truth. Um, because there, there are things that will begin to draw you in if you are not so firmly rooted in the word of God. And so I think part of it is knowing, knowing your audience and knowing, you know, the, the people that you are talking to and referencing these things around, um, you and I are talking about this. I, I think, you know, it's safe to say at this point we're we're on a very similar wavelength with a lot of these things. And so, you know, me going and, and watching Doug Wilson, I'm probably going to come away with that, a similar perspective that you came away with. You know, hey, that's interesting. I never thought of that before. 
Um, and then some other things that he says, uh, scratching my head, that doesn't seem right. Um, I'm going to pass on that. But I think it is important that you know who you're talking to and who you're dealing with. You know, uh, my, my teenagers, I want them to know the truth of God's word and I want them to be able to defend their faith, but I want them to be very careful in how they go out and do that. Um, and, and the same is true, I think, for adults who are new in the faith, who are susceptible to, you know, uh, any kind of doctrine that comes out, especially with someone who sounds intelligent and respectable and they're saying things that you're like, man, yeah, I, I can see that. I agree with that. You know, it just resonates with you. Um, and so, you know, I think, I think it's, it's important and it needs, uh, to have a sense of caution attached to it. But no, I don't think we just, you know, say, oh, we're going to block ourselves off and just totally stay away from anything and everything that, you know, could be dangerous. Yeah. Well, and another, another thing with a guy like this, um, who is, uh, second degree separated, not from rank heretics, but we're talking about from people who we trust and, and endorse. Right, right. You, you almost, if you don't talk about them at all, I think you wind up, um, with the running the risk that someone's going to hear you say, or hear me say, wow, John Piper is great or Timothy Keller right. is great or whatever. And, and through just a couple clicks going to find themselves there and not have been given any kind of preface to right. this is how you, you, you know, the, the grain of salt, that particular uh, uh, blend of salt you take with this guy uh, or just kind of a little prep of this is what you're going to encounter. But there is some good stuff in there as well. And, and so I think often we're, we're so hesitant to um, even interact with these people. We just kind of pretend they don't exist because they're problematic, quote unquote. Yeah. And, and even and, and the, the newer a convert someone is, the bigger that group is. I mean, I have people who have gone on our uh, church's podcast to hear a sermon that they missed. Mm-hmm. And then they see at the bottom, it says top in Christianity and they're yeah. clicking on Joel Osteen. Right. Uh, hopefully they happen to do that on the week that Kanye's there. Right. It's just throwing that out there. Um, he's just trying to get everybody riled up about something other than me watching Doug Wilson. Um, but, but like we have to, we have to, I think, interact with, with, with these people and say, and teach discernment. Like mm-hmm. I think it, a, a metaphor would be, and I, I don't know if it's a good one or not, cause it just popped into my head. Um, a metaphor would be like when I started attending uh, Cornerstone College in the mid-1990s. Mm-hmm. Um, this was in the 20th century. Uh, and, and they had just switched over on a number of their rules from these super like fundamentalist Baptist rules to what they called a quote-unquote discernment policy. Yep. So instead of you can't go to any uh, movies, it was you should go to movies and show discernment um, you know, is this rated R movie something that's got uh, historical significance, mm-hmm. or is it just something that's kind of meant to to tickle the flesh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and make you uh, watch people get blown away or whatever? Uh, is is this music your this concert you're going to? Like, I don't think they ever quite out uh, re um, allowed social dancing while I was there. Yep. But that to me is good because it was like 97% Dutch white Baptist people in West Michigan and we should not be dancing for whatever <laughs> – for any reason. For any um, reason. <laughs> but like they're kind of moving toward, well, we recognize that if we just say this is the stuff you can't do in this fundamentalist way that, OK, now you, instead of going nuts when you're 18, when you graduate at 22 – you're going to go nuts right. or more likely you're just going to go, well, this is stupid and recognize that you were kind of forced into this quote unquote lifestyle statement. And you'll probably rebel then. And we're really not helping you because we've put all these extra biblical laws on you and you've sinned against them. Right. And we've created, they've entrapped you. You know what right. I mean? Like, so, so I think like what we want to do is not say, don't read this, don't listen, but say, all right, here, let's help. Let's do it together. Let's yes. help equip you to discern. So I, I think maybe I would possibly at some point uh, say to to my Wednesday night class mm-hmm. at the church, we're going to watch 
25 minutes of this Doug Wilson thing. But first, let's talk about Doug Wilson for about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, the good, the bad, the whatever. And, and then we'll, we'll do And we'll say, hey, the, the, there's six more episodes of this thing. Right. If you wanted to watch it and, and maybe come, come back next week and let, let us know if you heard any of the weird racial stuff or the weird, you know, heavy handed. I don't know. Is he one of the guys with the like really tyrannical father figure? I don't, I don't know that. Uh, but like yeah. whatever, you know, I mean, yeah, it, but put it, put it out there with like, even if you're a, a new believer, we just say show um, reservation, show discernment, mm-hmm. um, be, uh, be be the kind of believer who's who's Berean from the yes. beginning. Because yes. when the Bereans were like, were you going to say Berean? Were you? Yes, and I, I the was. Same I was length? totally going to say it, <laughs> dude. Um, we, but because when the Bereans were were doing this stuff, they weren't like mature Christians. They yeah. hadn't even been converted yet, but they were already digging through the Bible going, is this really what they're saying this is? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I don't think it's ever way too early. Um, I mean, no, it's probably too early with a young, you know, a 13-year-old to go to go with the discernment policy that says, yeah, sure, watch the rated R movie if it has historical value. Oh, right. But but with, with you know, someone who's, who can handle um, – I mean if they came to faith, they've already been handling – points of view that are contrary to the gospel anyway. Right. So why do we, we don't want to baby the baby Christian because that will make the baby Christian stay a baby. Yeah. We want to help them stand and grow. Um, and so, yeah, I think that it's good for us to interact with it. And then, you know, if, if the person's, uh, you know, what they're presenting at the time is, is unbiblical, mm-hmm. you're, you're aware of it. You're informed about it, and you can have an intelligent conversation with other people who might be falling into it, yes. who who aren't solid in their faith. If you don't have any idea, you know uh, what it's. I mean, it's okay if if people who are listening are like, "Well, I didn't even know what Federal Vision was." That's fine. But like, right. if somebody says, "Well, I've been listening to Joyce Meyer a whole bunch," and you're in the back of your mind going, "Gosh, I know that there's blogs that I read that say she's bad, but I've never heard her, so I don't know why." I don't think you're in any position to help anybody, not even right. yourself. So, yeah, be informed. Right. Uh, and and like like you said, you know, if, if there's and and your your context was way different, having an approved list, right, <laughs> right, know, because of what you were hoping to accomplish, with right, that. right. Uh, and I'm sure in another class in another context, you'd probably have a list of people who were off the wall, right. And, and let's see if we can uh, right. who's let's, preaching the gospel, right. just a weird version of it, or yes, or with some weird dressing on it or uh, who's who's preaching a false gospel these are these are things i want kids thinking about because when they get to college i don't i mean it's so easy if you don't have that foundation to especially today when you go i live in a college town man Mm -hmm. um i live in a city that's you know it's a fairly big city um unless you live in chicago then it seems like a small city but like it's it's the kind of thing where the college comes and suddenly adds more than a quarter additional people. Yes. I mean, there's 50,000 yeah. people almost who come and live here nine months of the year. Yep. And when that happens, you know, they're, they're coming in and uh, they're, they're all going to decide whether or not they're going to be church people, church goers, if that was part of how they grew up, if they're going to, you know, just jettison that, forget about it. Yep. Most of the churches with the word university in the name you're not going to hear a biblical gospel there. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. That's there are some that are solid. Yep. But I even if you're going, well, I'm going to I'm going to stay true to you know following Jesus and going to church. If you haven't been given the 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 you haven't exercised the muscles. Yes. That help you discern that Berean muscle. Yeah. Uh, then you're you're not going to be equipped, and you're going to be taken in by whatever sounds. You know, you go, wow, all this stuff that, that my professors are saying that mm-hmm. seems a little off and my friends are all like, well, yeah, duh. But to me, there's something that seems – but then I go to this church and this this preacher says, yeah, no, it's it's fine. It's good. Um, if they're not equipped to say, no, hold on, the Bible says something different and I'm going to stand on that. Yes. Uh, we haven't done them a favor. We It's like protecting a kid from ever touching a germ. And then and then sending them out on an international flight, and they you know they die before they arrive because you know, like the common cold takes them out. Right, right, yeah. 
I was pausing because I felt like I said too much, but I feel like you don't <laughs> Sorry. You're not jumping in with anything else. Sorry, I was uh, I was making an adjustment on my headphones, and so I wasn't oh. sure if I had actually turned you down or, <laughs> or off. <laughs> Subtext, Nathan hasn't heard anything I have said. Nothing. He has... He has one of those those little games from the eighties that you fill up with water and you push a button and it makes and the little rings go, go around. <laughs> and he's been so like like completely beautiful minded into that thing that he hasn't. It's so, like I'm about, back in the dentist office again. Oh, were they able to the dentist office? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I remember that was the first my first exposure to it was being at the dentist office and they had one of those. I would pay roughly sixty five dollars for for. Not any, just any of those, but the particular one that my babysitter had. Uh, it was so cool. Uh, you don't see that kind of thing anymore. Everybody's got electronics. Uh, I so, know. hey, maybe I, I re-engage you in your own, um, your own program here by well, so, bringing up some other examples of, of possible teachers. Yeah, well, let me, I mean, let me just quick um, go to what you were saying, oh, just, so people, say. just so people know that I was paying attention. <laughs> um, you know, I, again, it's it's what you're talking about being that being that Berean and teaching, um, you know, teaching people. We we a few weeks ago, and and we reoccurringly, you know, talk about this. The idea of how do you teach um, how do you teach your child certain things? You know, you want to teach your children discernment, not just blindly following rules, and that's and that's any rules. Um, I read a great book a number of years ago by J.P. Moreland called Love Your God With All Your Mind. Have you ever read that one? I have not, but I bet you I've heard most of the content in all the chapels I've heard with, with Moreland. <laughs> it, was, um, it, was, it was fascinating because he really put things into a perspective that I think is um, awesome. And that was, um, you know, if if we're afraid – to teach our children about the lies that are out there. I mean, how can, how can we expect them to stand up against them once they leave? You know, and the, the general context is I'm going to be teaching my kids all about the truth. I'm going to be teaching them the truth about God's word and uh, what it says. And so I'm going to trust that God is going to sustain them through that. Now that doesn't mean I'm just going to wildly open the floodgates and let whatever come in, but, that means that hopefully along with teaching them the truth and teaching them the discernment so that when they hear the, the falsehoods, when they hear the lies, they are hearing and able to understand and discern what God's word is. And we need to be doing that with everyone. Yeah. I mean, have an open mind yeah. and, and just like with your open window, have a good screen there. There you go. There you go. Now you were going to uh, say something else or ask me something else, Zach. What was it? I thought so. So here's the question. I mean, do I, I don't know if this is controversial, but I feel like as far as people we could talk about yeah, yeah. and go, well, is there anything to be gleaned? Doug Wilson's pretty safe. Sure. Um, it, Grant and someone's going to go, oh, Zach likes white supremacy. No, I, I hate white supremacy. Right. Uh, and uh, you know, I, again, I know he he would say so do I, and and I don't quite get what he's doing. When right. he writes about these things, slavery and whatever, when he's like, it's evil, but then this other stuff, I, I don't get it. Right. Um, so I, I, I don't – as far as I'm concerned, he's just like somebody who's really into to being controversial to remain in the limelight yeah, so yeah, that yeah. he can say some stuff occasionally that's actually pretty great. So I don't know. Like, like I feel like he's a pretty safe one um because you can go when he says something off the wall it's super easy to tell that he is right and that isn't the core of what he's doing and right. a, most of this stuff um is in the past with him so that you're it's almost like we're back to being insulated from it and having right. that out right what about though this just happens once a week probably on a group that I'm in either either on Twitter or on Facebook or or even in some of these boards I still occasionally pop in on that yeah. are you know the old school forums yeah. someone will be like well look at this and they'll po- <laughs> they'll post a link to a pulpit and pen story and they will get dogpiled immediately and I always feel bad for them because in 9 out of 10 cases it's not that they're like oh yeah pulpit and pen I love that right. it's like someone just shared it they saw it read it said huh this sounds credible and sh- and, and like 
probably half the stuff that comes off of pulpit and pen. It's all it's all framed in this really weirdly rhetorical, like shrill, like right. Um, it, it ten times more a snowflake than the so-called snowflakes that they're always mocking. Right. Uh, but there's often a kernel of truth to it. So yeah. when they're when they're writing against you know, so so often they'll be writing against people that we would all in orthodoxy agree these are not people that we want influencing the church and the mm-hmm. direction of churches. Um, and then half the time they're just railing against good Christian people. Sure. For, you know, what we realize are petty reasons. So in, in those cases, do you call like, okay, no, you can't, you can't do that. Why are you giving them clicks? Don't share the pulpit and pen. If there's something to this, you have to dig out the original primary source <laughs> and put together your own thing and reinvent the wheel so that you protect us from having been edified by pulpit and pen, uh, or do you just go? Well, remember who you know. Consider the source, but let's also all kind of look at it and go, yeah, this. I mean, I together we can kind of hive mind it, and and we all we've all seen a piece of this, and and we can affirm this is going on right now, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I think you know, I think it's it's you know what you were talking about in in that kind of second part you know what i mean i don't think we ever need to you know steamroll and and rail and oh we don't do that and we shouldn't do that and you know i i, I was thinking um as you were talking about um this and i had actually been thinking about uh something else that we could potentially do uh later but this was this was just kind of a, a thought that had come to my mind with um what we had talked about with uh john MacArthur a few weeks ago and um Go home. <laughs> I'm a little late on the uptake. Um, but one of the things that had been coming to my mind was this had actually been um, causing me to dig in and look further into, um, you know, John MacArthur and also um, uh, Beth Moore and, and just kind of looking at both of their their ministries and their perspectives on things. And so, you know, I'm not, I, I'm not lumping MacArthur in with this group, but he said something that I, that I very much disagreed with. And we, we discussed that you can go back and listen to, to that podcast. Um, but it caused me to actually jump in and do a little bit more research on both ends. And I think that's what, that's what we should be doing is when we hear things, I think particularly in this day and age of the internet and of the memes and of the, this and that and the other, we should be more concerned with jumping in and wanting to know more about what anyone is saying. I don't think we should just be, I I mean, I, I, I like John Piper. I like Alistair Begg, but I don't think we should be taking what they say at face value. I think we should be, you know, if, if the apostle Paul under the inspiration of the Holy spirit is commending the Bereans for checking out what he's saying, then shouldn't we be doing that with everyone? Um, and there's that, but let, let me just quick jump in and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and say, at what point do you get to the like false prophet where we're told, don't even listen to what they say or, uh, where we're told don't even greet them in the streets, uh, mm. or or you know say peace be upon your house. Mm. Yeah, and and I guess so. I guess that's going to come at different points for different people. Um, you know that uh, I, I'm thinking back to like Joel Osteen. You know, I think back to um, when I remember he first Jay-o. came on the scene and. Um, you know, I, I don't, I'm at the point where I don't listen to anything that he says. I don't give, you know, credence to any of those things. You know, that's a shame because all of your marked moments are ahead of you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the sun rises on your day. S O N. See what I see. See what I did there. Dude, Uh, by the way, aside, I've been recording my, uh, books on tape. Uh huh. Uh, but not on tape, of course. Right, and right. Uh, I've been having a great a deal of fun uh, <laughs> doing my best Joel Osteen voice for a character named Joshua Holton in the Playing Saint, uh, nice. the original Playing Saint book. <laughs> that is fantastic. Something to look forward to, listeners. 
Oh man, that is fantastic. Um, by by contrast, somebody that I will still uh, listen to um, is uh, our buddy Stephen Furtick. Um, he is somebody that I will still occasionally pop in on and listen to what's going on because um, there's a lot in there that I uh, I just kind of shake my head and close my eyes and I'm like, oh, oh, good Lord, please no. Um, but there are still a lot of things in there too that I'm like, you know what? He actually, he makes a good point. Um, and so I think it's going to be different for everyone because I know that there are people who are going to be listening to this going, what he listened. I, I stopped listening to Furtick, you know, a long time ago. And, and so, you know, I think there's going to be a level of, you know, false prophet in there that is going to be different for each person. You know, I, I can't sit here and say, you need to stop listening to this person here and now. Um, I can, I can give compelling reasons why I think maybe you shouldn't. I can, you know, hopefully try to guide you in directions and say, you know, have you considered these things, but how are you going to consider them unless you've listened to them? Um, you know what I mean? And so I well, think, yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, I think, I think there, there comes, you know, certain points in, in your journey where you're like, okay, this, this person has crossed that line and that's where they are. Um, you know, and I think, I think, you know, the, when you're looking at the scripture, like there's, there's a clear man, th- this person is just clearly a false prophet. You know, they're, they're skinning the sheep. They're, you know, scheming them and, um, you know, Paul's not afraid to name names of those people. You know, we see that very clearly. Um, but I, I've come to the point where I, particularly in the reform community, the reform community is willing to jump on anyone who disagrees with any jot and tittle that, you know, they just, uh, you know, deem unworthy and they're willing to jump on and, you know, start, saying, oh, you shouldn't be listening to them, you shouldn't be listening to them. And so, you know, I think I think there is a point that, you know, we need to just be discerning in what we are doing and who we are listening to. Um, go ahead, Zach. First of all, I'm afraid to say that people should stop listening to Stephen Furtick. Mm-hmm. What if he comes to my house and breaks me in half? <laughs> what if he throws me into the sun? I fear for my life. <laughs> Come with but, me but, if you want to live. So we we so I think all of these people, even maybe Joel Osteen, mm-hmm. uh, to some degree, are somewhat in the same category. Mm-hmm. And I know this is going to make Doug Wilson spin spin in his uh, whatever coffin <laughs> he sleeps in at night. Um, I don't even know why I said that. That's weird. He's too big to sleep comfortably in a coffin. Uh, but but in, in the fact that like you can hear gospel stuff. Uh, of different, you know, across the spectrum of really clear and really bold, yeah. th- but with problems yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> uh, all the way over to like, is that really in there? Right. I mean, if you, if I wanted to, I could probably put together a, a supercut of 10 minutes of Osteen basically saying, believe in Jesus and your sins will be forgiven. Right. right? I mean, it, it, it's just the problem is it's buried under all this like happy, clappy Jesus is here to make your life now here better. Right. Um, but but like what about when you get into so so these these are all kind of the reformed uh, adjacent uh, things I mean not not Osteen but like uh, some of these issues were 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 so close to each other that it's easy to turn hard against each other like you know U of M University of Michigan and Michigan State we hate each other Ohio State Michigan State we hate each other why because you're so close mm-hmm. um, you know the, the people who are way far away the rivalry is like nah who cares. So I, I think that's one issue. The other is if it's someone really far away, it used to, it used to be I think that people were, were quicker to kind of say, well, we may be able to learn from each other. But in an age of Twitter, I think that might be disappearing too. I maybe two times retweeted uh, the late Rachel Held Evans, mm-hmm. uh, whom I was following so that the randomizer would have uh, content on another right. program that I host. Um, but I was like, huh, that's a good point. And it was, it was almost uh, certainly, I think in both cases, it was kind of 
you're claiming Jesus in your political thing, but your political thing is the opposite of Jesus. Right, and she right. was pointing it out, and I was like, yeah. And I unironically just – and people would um, inevitably, what are you doing? Is this a joke? Ha ha. Or why Why would you do that? I thought that you were reformed or what? You know, whatever. And I'm like, well, no, I'm not reformed with a capital R. Right. I'm Baptist. Reformed right. with a capital R is not nearly far <laughs> reformed enough for me. Um, but, but like I think now – if you're really close to us, there's a certain kind of vitriol. And if you're really far away, then we're like, oh, we'll really get you. Right. Uh, I have on my uh, church's website, there's an article by uh, a friend of mine who's an Episcopal priest named Kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, she wrote an article called I'm Religious, Not Spiritual. Mm-hmm. And it was so brilliant. I said, can I put this in our like, q and I have a little article section. And she's like, ah, sure, of course. Um, now, I would not endorse everything that that church teaches – Right. Um, doctrinally, nor socially, the you know their kind of approach to how the Bible informs our values today. Right. And every once in a while, I go, "Huh, should I take that down?" Or you know, is it is that imply something that you know we're and I'm like, no, never mind. No, it it just all it implies is I like this one article. Right. And I think Kit's a great lady, and that's it. it if you read more into it, that's uh, on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what about somebody like, uh, Jack Chick, where if somebody says, here's my source on this, uh, and even though, yeah, he's usually kind of crazy, I thought this was good stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm not even going to look at it out of, I mean, I, I can look at it cause I own literally his entire catalog <laughs> of tracks cause right. I'm a, a collector, but I'm just going to say, no, that's, that's crazy talk. Mm-hmm. That's that's nut burger nonsense, and his source in that is going to be another one of his uh, publications, and the source in that is going to be another one of his publications, and the source on that one is going to go back to the first one in a circle. And don't you know you can you can throw that baby and that bathwater out, right? So there's this like really outer ring, I think, and it's huge. Mm-hmm. It, it's most of what's taught probably about uh, cosmology. Uh, why, what's right and wrong and why and how you can know God, mm-hmm. that is all the way outside. Mm-hmm. The closer you get to the core, and as long as people are still affirming, and this is my view, and, I, and I'm curious if it's yours too, mm-hmm. as long as people are still affirming the ecumenical creeds mm-hmm. and are teaching that you are saved by Jesus' death and resurrection on the cross mm-hmm. and not by uh, whatever you might do, I'm I'm not going to say completely chop that person off and shove them aside. Yeah. Uh, once you get into weird Trinitarian heresies, I'm not going to say, well, you know, maybe T.D. Jakes does have something good to teach me about ecclesiology. No, nope. Um, mm-hmm. But when you're that close to center, mm-hmm. even when there's some important difference, and this might just be the Baptist, because historically this is how Baptists have been. Right. Big tent Christianity, but I will debate you for nine hours until we're both literally about to collapse. Yeah, and and I I think that there's a a real healthy, not even a balance in that, but a healthy tension. Yeah, yeah, and I and and I agree. I think I think it is important that we are able to, um, you know, if if you look at um if you look at the you know uh, epistles and uh. All, all the ones that Paul writes, and he gives he gives commendations to all of the churches. You know, I mean, look at the church at Corinth that was such a mess, but he commends them on their faith in Christ. There's one church that he gives no commendation to, and that's the church of Galatia because they missed the mark in salvation. Mm-hmm. They missed it, mm-hmm. and and so I think I well, think, they had it, and then they chucked well, it. and they yeah yeah. <laughs> Even worse, <laughs> you know. And so I think I think there's there's a lesson in that for us that you know when when the gospel is on the line, that's when we start going going hard. When the gospel's on the line, that's when we start going hard, and that's when you know we have we have nothing that we can we can give to these teachers, you know. But man, when when the gospel is being preached. Let's let's you know join hands as brothers and sisters because guess what, when we're in heaven, that's what we're going to be doing anyway. Um, and and like you said, let's let's sit down and debate these other issues for hours and hours and hours on end. Um, but man, let's let's rejoice in the fact that you know we we are both preaching Christ crucified. 
I think, though, the thing you just said and something you said earlier come together to, to throw a wrench in the works. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is that when the gospel is at stake, yes, we, we go to the wall for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you are in the midst of the kind of true, true reformed, like the guy that you, we were talking about, you, me, and Ted, that one episode, mm-hmm. uh, or some others in that right. camp, um, they, they're going to – the gospels, it, it's, so, it's so narrowly defined, mm-hmm. um, kind of simultaneously so narrowly defined and so broadly defined. Narrowly meaning only we have it right. You right. have to be down this exact hall with us. And broadly meaning I've added um, kind of all these tangential things to be central and part of the gospel that, that people who deviate just a little bit are going to wind up getting both barrels – and I don't know – I don't think there's anything you and I can do as people who aren't on that kind of fringe right. to, to affect that. Yeah. Um, I, I think there are always going to be people – oh, good grief. There was a, a text that I wrote down this morning about uh, mindless controversies, uh, and I was like, dude, commit that to memory. And I should have done it during the day today because I could have rattled it right off right now. Um, uh, and there's always going to be people who want uh, the the same sort of um, Real Housewives of Reformedom right. drama and controversy, and they never want a moment of peace because that's boring. Yeah. Uh, and, and some of them are going to be super liberal, and they're going to be spouting in that direction. Some of them are going to be super conservative reformed and they're going to be spouting that direction. And as long as that's what they love, yeah. uh, they, they have more in common with each other than they do with either, you know, their with us as, right. as people who are more conservative or with their, the other, their fellow liberals. Right. Um, I'm looking up Bible, uh, list controversy. It's not pointless, but I think mm-hmm. it'd be worth taking one second to say this is, no, not not the first Timothy one. Here we go. Is it foolish? Yes. Titus three nine. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking that it was Second Timothy, but it's Titus three nine. I'm gonna scroll down to the ESV because that's the only one worth reading. <laughs> um, God's Bible right there. Oh my goodness. I don't think that Biblehub.com has the English Oh, yes they do. Avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and quarrels about the law. That's not the one that I'm thinking of. Anyway, um, the the uh, notion that in the midst of uh, chasing uh, my own being right, mm-hmm. we so often would would just write off somebody yes. who probably is wrong, but so am I once right. in a while right. here and there. <laughs> it's been known to happen. <laughs> yeah, no, I I agree. I think I again. I mean, I think it kind of goes back to um, you know what we were what we were talking about with, with that whole MacArthur thing, you know, I, I think as believers, we could stand to be, you know, kinder and more gracious to one another. Um, you know, remembering that, you know, Christ is the one who said, you know, that people will know that you're my disciples by the love you have for one another. Um, you know, I think so oftentimes we, we forget that, you know, I mean, um, you know, the apologists can, you know, look at the facts and figures and, you know, try to reason and argue. And, you know, the the reformed person, you know, can be like, well, God's working on their heart. And so, you know, but, but Christ, you know, he makes it so clear and plain for us that, you know, it's the love that we have for one another, the love that we show to one another as brothers and sisters. I mean, that's, that's where people are going to notice a difference. Um, and so, yeah. you know, I, I would, you know, ask the question, you know, if, if the world is not noticing a difference, could it be because we're not showing a whole lot of love to one another? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now I got to bounce, but I found it here and I was right. It was second Timothy. Can I close with a yes. little scripture? Absolutely. Second uh, Timothy two twenty two through the end of the chapter, it says this. So flee youthful passions. I like this too. It, it, connects these things with being youthful, with yeah. being uh, kind of wet behind the ears, the kind of person you don't want in charge of a bunch of stuff. Yeah. So flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels, 
And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Mm. God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth, and they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Dude, how did they know what I was going to struggle with way back then? Yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, and, you know, it's I, like I God's like all-knowing. All <laughs> we all invoke Paul, right? When we want to get into the, the uh, quarrels and, and controversies. Right. We're like, oh, he told the, the, those guys like, to cut off their, their entire thing because they wanted people to circumcise. So it's okay. No, this is clearer teaching of Paul. Right. And this is, this is not uh, descriptive. This is something Paul said in his anger. This is prescriptive. Uh, what Paul is saying in the spirit that that we should look like when we're interacting with each other. Right. And I got a long way to go with this, but you know what's so cool is I can look back even over the time that I've been a pastor and see a long way that I've come. And it hasn't yeah. been me; it's been God dragging me. Yeah. Uh, I hope He keeps doing it in all of us. And and at this point, I mean, I I feel like when I was even twenty seven or twenty eight years old. Um, fairly newly graduated from seminary, I would have come out of that going, I either need to know that I fully endorse Doug Wilson or he's persona non grata. Right. Uh, and be very, very dogmatic about it. Right. Uh, and that was, that's ignorance and, and immaturity talking. Yeah. Um, something yeah. we all need to, to move away from. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, again, even the good news with that is that as believers, you know, God is, God is working in us and through us. And so even, um, you know, people who we get frustrated with, who, you know, should be, we feel should be further along the journey, you know, God is still working in their lives. And so it's a good lesson even now to, you know, have that reminder that, you know what, God is working in that person's life and, um, you know, we need to, we need to let him keep working. So, all right. Thank you so much, Zach. This has been a great conversation. I am excited to be posting it. want to just uh, remind our listeners, please don't forget to uh, like us on your favorite listening service. Uh, we have several of them out there. And also, uh, whatever you're listening to us on, go ahead and throw us a review. It does help us get on the charts. And it just, you know, it's easier for people to find us when we're out there. And so we would appreciate any love that you throw our way. Until next week, Zach, we just rocked the Casbah. These go to 11.